When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. I am your co-host, Andy Hart, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Art Stone. Ooh, sorry, Andy, I was giving you a show there. My shorts were hiked up a little bit. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Don't want to get you too riled up. (laughs) Well, I am a little excited, and you know, it's a good thing that I am, Art, because, yeah, that sort of leads me into my first question. Oh, okay. Uh, You're born a half chub. Yeah, I am, (laughs) and it's getting bigger by the second. Uh, Art, what's your favorite sexual fetish? (laughs) What the fuck are these questions? What's your favorite sexual fetish? Um, I think you gotta go with diaper porn. Diaper porn. Well, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Have you ever thought about group sex? Uh, no, I haven't. How about Skyline? Do you like Skyline? I like the chili. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying you're into three ways. <laughs> sure. Wow. Then I've got great news for you because today it's not just you and me, but I've invited a partner to join us. You invited a partner to join us. Right. Yeah. For a menage en trois podcast. Yeah. A menage en trois <laughs> is what I invited someone for. So, uh, beefers out there, uh, everybody please join me in welcoming a fellow OG beefer. That's that's true, actually. And fellow podcaster. We have the emails to prove it. We have the emails. To, yeah. <laughs> There's traffic on this. It's documented. Everyone, please help me give a big, wonderful- Everyone. Mr. Everyone in this room. Everyone in this room. <laughs> give a big, wonderful Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time welcome to Jay from Project Skeptic Podcast. Jay, Hi, say Jay. hello. Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? Hey, Jay. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. Thanks um, for having me on here. Yeah, of course. This has um, your appearance here has been sort of a long time in the making because you yeah. we first got introduced to you when you were just a bunk funker uh, listening to this True. podcast. For some reason, yeah. <laughs> you you have a twisted mind uh, and a warped You've sense made of bad humor. decisions. <laughs> <laughs> You've spent precious time. You'll never get back listening to this <laughs> podcast. Um, but now you have your own podcast, Project yes. Skeptic Podcast. Um can you tell us about it? Yeah, a little, uh, little uh, fun fact here is uh, I looked it up today. It was uh, episode 16, Boetis Void, was my first episode of uh, wow. Mr. Bunker. That's how you got introduced? Yep. 
Wow. How did you, how did you figure that out? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah. Okay. That's good. <laughs> um, wow. So you have been with us for a really long time. Um, so why don't you tell our bunk funkers? Cause I think that if they like this show, they'll probably like project skeptic. Um, can you tell us about project skeptic? Yeah, it's a, it's a labor of love, <laughs> I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, um, I got into it uh, about a year, well, almost a year ago now. And, uh, it's just, uh, something I was always interested in, like the occult and strange and uh, cryptids and ghosts and stuff like that, but also a lot of stuff around my state. So I was like, well, we've got to do some with my state and also do like big topics. So we cover all kinds of stuff. We just got off of uh, a three part series with uh, Ruby Ridge, Waco and the Oklahoma City bombing. Ooh, yeah. Wow, that's a laugh a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hilarity, hilarity um, ensued. Jay, I want to I want to backtrack too. You said your state. I I think that's that's your kind of like that's your big your big draw. The thing you're like passionate about. I think you've even suggested a couple of episodes to us that have to do with with your state and how much experience and knowledge you have just on on your state. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys kind of do like a main app, and then you do like a more specialized app just on Pennsylvania. Yeah, with just me, I do a midweek where I dive into something. Uh, strange legend lore from around the state. And honestly, I, I don't think I'll ever run out of material because wow. this, this state just is so old and it has so much uh, crazy stuff that's happened in the last like, 400 years. Yeah. Pennsylvania is really chock full of a lot of everything from paranormal to um, cryptids to mm -hmm. uh, extraterrestrial encounters. There's, yeah. there's a ton of stuff um, on this, in this, genre uh that happens in pennsylvania jay is there a particular story or a, a legend or a cryptid that you're personally is like at the top of your list yeah from pennsylvania like people go people go pennsylvania they go what the amish what <laughs> the where our country my, was founded my favorite my favorite cryptid the amish they go what <laughs> football <laughs> like and you go no 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 let me tell you my favorite story from my state. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot of wow, them. Wow. There's um like I said, well, one of the big cryptids we have a cryptid uh local to the state is the squonk. Oh, oh I'm so happy you said the squonk. We love the squonk. <laughs> uh, yeah. The squonk so, is one of the best. That's pretty pretty uh, you know, just Pennsylvania, but we also do have uh, you know, Bigfoot sightings and we have a bunch mm -hmm. of dogman sightings, which is really really interesting. Too, but there is one legend out of the northern part of the state that I don't know if a lot of people that don't live in the state don't know about it. But um, there's uh, there's a legend about uh, General Mad Anthony Wayne. Mm -hmm. So right. he was in uh, the Civil War and uh, he was a general and he ends up dying in Erie, Pennsylvania. But his family is from actually over towards Philadelphia. So his son goes to retrieve his body like three years later. And it's in perfect condition whenever he Whoa. gets his body. So they, they uh, forget what the name of the word is, but they kind of boil it that boil him down just to bones so they can bring him back. But his body stayed in perfect condition for three years. Yeah. Have you ever been to Erie? It's kind of cold all the time. So, so it's <laughs> so like, I don't know if he preservation. Wow. That's so, crazy. So they, they, they get all these bones and they put them in this cart and he heads back across the state and, um, halfway there 
he's in a horse carriage accident and he loses some of the bones from oh my God. Anthony Wayne. So the legend goes that, you know, since he's not fully intact, he roams that road looking for the rest of his bones. Ooh, that's wow. a fun one. Wow, that is a fun that's one. Looking fun for story. bones. I like that. Yeah, that ghost is. looking for his old bones. I love that. Old rattle bones, the ghost looking for bones. I like <laughs> the it. The mad general. That's right. Uh, that's a great one. But Pennsylvania is like has tons of these types of stories, right? Yeah, there, there's, there's, you got to figure Gettysburg. You know, I've, I haven't mm-hmm. even touched on Gettysburg on my own show oh my yet God. because I don't, I don't know how I'm going to actually get the time to <laughs> sit down and figure out something to write about. It. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 the 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 grounds there around Gettysburg really do um it has like a certain weight to it. It's it's kind of crazy the amount of just like, you know, pure bloodshed and carnage and horror that was seen all around Pennsylvania really, but yeah. especially Gettysburg, right? So, um I think a lot of people remark that when they first visit it, like especially like early in the morning, you know, if it's like foggy or dewy out and it's just like the air is kind of warm and heavy and and it's just like um i don't know it's it's a it's a it's a very interesting place to visit i think it was definitely lost on me when i visited it at like age 12 because i was just like when 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 am i gonna leave (laughs) yeah (laughs) when am i gonna get to go like back to the hotel room and play video games with my friends (laughs) yeah when i went on my uh gettysburg was a stop when i was in middle school on our doing our washington dc trip right and so we were on the buses driving out to Washington, D.C. We stopped at Gettysburg, do a tour of the battlefield. And then there was some sort of like special buffet dinner that they had that <laughs> night at Gettysburg. I don't remember the place, but that was like the thing I was excited about. I was like, yeah, these Confederate monuments, these dead Confederate soldiers are cool and all. But hey, uh, when's that buffet coming? <laughs> when's the cornbread, Teach? Yummy, yummy. Jay, um, so your your show is called the Project Skeptic Podcast. Obviously, yep. uh, well, and and where might uh, where might the fine bunk funkers find such a oh, fine a podcast? Uh, anywhere they can find this fine wow. podcast. Wow, wow, yeah. So in the deleted folder on their uh, <laughs> device that you listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> now we're we're pretty much everywhere: Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music. Gotcha. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can find us uh, Project Skeptic on Facebook. Um, nice Instagram Project Skeptic Podcast on Instagram. Just uh, you know all the usual. Do the Google. Do the Google. So Project Skeptic. So. Obviously, the question we like to ask a lot of lot of guests: Where do you kind of lean when you approach weird, bizarre topics? Um, you know, especially ones along the realm of like paranormal or conspiracy or whatever, aliens, what have you. Um, are you you generally more of a skeptic, as the namesake of your podcast would would kind of uh, showcase, or are you more of a believer? Which which way do you think you usually lean with a with a topic? See, I'm I'm usually the the theme of our show is kind of like I want to convince other people that are skeptics that most of this is true. Wow. Okay, I like it. So, so I'm I'm more of a firm believer in stuff. Um, a lot of times when I do research, I'll dig into something and I'm like, well, I don't I don't believe as much of it as uh, I did before. But gotcha. I also, whenever I have my co-hosts up here, I want to present the story as it is known to be whether it's a conspiracy or ghost story or something like that, how it is in the, in the zeitgeist of, uh, nice. you know, the internet. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Jay, I've always thought of you as like a believer 
who's also willing to consider the skeptical side of it. Like you, you're not a believer to the point of saying there's, this is absolutely always true. I won't consider anything else. I always just consider aliens is the factor that isn't there. Right. So, right. Yeah. If you Which can't, is smart. If you can't figure it out, it, it's aliens. Yeah. It's always aliens for sure. That's very true. Um, so you've been doing project skeptic for about a year. Um, what would you say uh, is maybe like your favorite episode or favorite topic you've covered? What have you learned anything really surprising doing the show? Um, it's, it's the one thing I did find surprising about doing the show is actually me like selling myself, like putting myself out there. You know what I wow. mean? Cause, Cause you have to, you have to be this, you know, what you have to be the show and you have to put yourself out there and you have to make, yeah. you know, get a following and get people to, you know, like your show and listen to you, which is, uh, I, I struggle with that, I guess, not being as extroverted as many people might think I am, but I, I that's one thing that I learned about having the show. Uh, probably my favorite episode. We did a big long stint one night on uh, the JFK assassination. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. So there was actually four of us in the studio. I mean, the, the episode went almost two hours and uh, yeah, it was, it was a good episode. Yeah. That's a big one, man. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's, it's one that's, stood the test of time it's 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 all of our parents first major conspiracy and it's uh well maybe not maybe the moon landing is but uh um well that would have been before the moon landing but still they're, they're all in the same time so who gives a fuck anyway yeah, that kind of that kind of leans me to the towards the whole um more people starting to believe in conspiracies that is like the jump off point for yeah. all of it yeah yeah i agree with that that's sort of like the the beginning, like JFK's assassination sort of kicks off the age of conspiracy in a way. Um, but Jay, you're more of a believer. Have you ever had any, we like to ask this of a lot of our guests. Have you ever had any experiences yourself, either with the paranormal or maybe something like extraterrestrial? Yes, I have. Wow. I, um, we used to live on the highest skiable mountain in Pennsylvania. It's a, it's a ski resort. Uh, it's called blue knob. So and that's what I call my but, penis. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I have poor and blood flow. I knew it was going to go there. <laughs> I have poor blood flow. Yeah. I almost it's called horrible. it something else. <laughs> <laughs> but we lived up there for about seven years when we first got, me and my wife first got married. And um, I had worked uh, late uh, 12 hour shift till like two o'clock in the morning. But where we lived, um, we lived right across from a monument to two children that were lost in the 1600s in a snowstorm. And they, they, there was this whole big thing about this guy having a dream that actually showed where the kids were. He was bedridden and he had this dream saying there's a shoe, there's a dead deer, there's a birch tree across the creek. And that's how they found these two children lost in the woods. Oh, they found them. They found them. They followed this guy's dream. And wow. they found that they found the kids this um, like Edgar Casey back to 20, 2008. I was on my way home. It was late mid February snowstorm uh, driving across the top of the mountain. There's a big opening with some cornfields on either side. No corn in February, but cornfields. And um, I come down into this dip to go out to this straightaway where there's a church and a cemetery and about halfway through the uh, roadway. 
out to the other side, there's um, there's two all black children, like black hooded, clothed, everything, walking with their heads down at two thirty in the morning. Whoa, creepy! Were these delinquent teens? What were those goths (laughs) doing out so late? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't slow down. They had their heads down the whole time. Uh, they didn't look up to see if there was a car coming. Um, they were there. I went past them and I didn't look back, but they were children of the age of the two Cox boys that got lost in, uh, in the woods. Wow. Wow. So Cox lost on blue knob. Um, yeah, Jay, Jay, how close were you to these children? Uh, they were on my side of the road as I passed them coming. They were walking towards me like, ooh, uh, creepy. That is very creepy. Yeah. Sometimes I do wonder if, you know, it seems like you uh, travel through or you have, at least in the past, here some pretty rural areas. You know, we don't really have many mountains over here in Chicagoland. So, you know, and we are kind of attached to this big city. I wonder sometimes how much that kind of... Um, I feel like maybe having more of that rural connection helps with some of the more of these sightings. You know, it's like you, you hear about things out in the forest or out in the woods or out in the wherever, but it's like kind of rare that we ever get a guess that's like, you know, yeah, I saw something like down the block in the alley or something <laughs> like that. You know what I'm saying? That's just a crackhead. <laughs> yeah, well, probably. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. We do I, have the Mothman here. Yeah. That's true, I guess, right? People were having Mothman sightings in Chicago. Yeah. Hmm. I yeah, don't know. I've tried Just to I've tried to debunk the the whole sighting for you know, every time that I think about it or actually go back up there, I try to think like, who could it have been? You know, I I still want to be I want to believe that what it was, but I also yeah. want like if there's a reason why these two kids were out walking. Like even my dad said, "Why didn't you stop?" I said, "Why why would I have stopped?" <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. W- I mean, I would not have stopped. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think that comes up a lot in these types of stories. People say, well, why why wouldn't that person have stopped or, you know, strange that they didn't stop? It's like, I try to not get involved in any other buddy else's business. <laughs> yeah, God knows we're conflict if nobody's If nobody's asking me for anything, I'm going to ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> if these kids are just walking, it's like, they're, why stop? They know, they know what they're doing. I don't blame you at all, Jay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, that's um, that's great. Um, you know, I think uh, that's a pretty creepy experience. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you've got a lot of opportunity to see creepy stuff in Pennsylvania. I mean, just go it's, practically anywhere. Look it's everywhere. People, people from Pittsburgh. I mean, <laughs> holy moly! <laughs> of course, Andy's got to take a dig at the Steeler fans. Yeah, uh, boy. Um, but. <laughs> Hey, we're having a good time here. We're having a great, <laughs> we're having a great time here. Um, what do you say, uh, Jay? We're glad to have you on board. What do you say we get into today's topic, which is about a Pennsylvania haunting slash demonic possession Ooh. story? Um, so this is going to be great for all you beefers who like ghosts, all you beefers who like uh, demons, mm-hmm. all you beefers who love the Catholic Church. Wow. And uh, all you beefers who like skeptics. Oh, my goodness. This is going to cover a lot of bases. Yeah, look at us. <laughs> um, so, Jay, we're talking today about the the Smurl family haunting. Now, are you familiar with this? Yes, uh, pretty much. Uh, heard it a bunch of times. Uh, did okay. some research, and yes, I'm pretty familiar with it. Okay, perfect. So, 
Jay is going to correct everything I get wrong yep. in this episode, and he's going to set the record straight. Um, <laughs> but what do you say? Let's get into it, huh? Let's uh, let's dive into the Smurl family haunting here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. It's me, Smurl. Bilbo. Smurl. Smurl. No, beavers. I hope you're all prepared for today's episode because we're talking about a a g- 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 ghost story. G- 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 ghost zoinks. <laughs> Even scarier. This story takes place in the U.S. state of p- 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 Pennsylvania. <laughs> Knowing all this, there's only one thing we could do. Call in a resident Pennsylvanian and fellow podcaster to help keep us calm. That's why we're joined today by Jay from Project Skeptic Podcast. Jay is an OG beefer as well, so he knows it's pointless to try to keep me and Art from making comically large sandwiches, jumping into each other's arms, and eating dog food. Because <laughs> we won't, we can't be stopped. We'll just keep doing it. We're going to keep doing that no matter what. No matter what. So, Let's just jump right in here and let's talk about today's story, which is the haunting of the Smurl family. Okay, Smurl is is definitely not the like first name that uh, Tolkien was considering for Schmeagol, right? This isn't like a a small hobbit that has been uh, corrupted by the Ring of Power, Smurl. Yeah, Smurl was Schmeagol's cousin. (laughs) Yeah, Smurl was like my desirables. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He's like way more mild mannered than Schmeagle. He's like, it's. I it's could take of, it or leave it. I could, either way, I I don't necessarily need it, but I'd like it. <laughs> I'll eat the fish, but I wish it was cooked. <laughs> I am aware of what potatoes are. Um. So that's Smurl. That's Smurl. Smurl. That's a Smurl character. Uh. So here's the story. In August of 1973, while Richard Nixon, Art's favorite president of all time, <laughs> not a crook. Was still in office. That was a bit in our text chain. That's Art's favorite president of all time, Richard Nixon. This is in August of 1973. Richard Nixon, still in office, God. has not resigned yet. In August of 1973, Jack and Janet Smurl moved their family into a duplex on Chase Street in West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Their old home in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, was flooded out in the devastation left by Hurricane Agnes. Wilkes Bar. Wilkes Bear and Bear. <laughs> I got to mm-hmm. correct the Pennsylvania Good, talk. Good, do Thank it. Thank you. Please jump in, Jay. Please, please anytime. Uh, hey, uh, you were saying about the hurricane. Yeah. So I, I did I did look at this as Agnes was the costliest hurricane in the in the United States history at this really? point. Really? Yeah, it was yeah. Um, oh, at this point. $2.1 billion in damages. Holy shit. Yeah, it was, it, uh, this thing kind of went up the East Coast and sort of, it looks like it pretty much settled into Pennsylvania from That's what I was wild. looking at. I didn't even know Pennsylvania could be affected by hurricanes. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to keep in mind that Wilkes-Barre, West Pittston, these are like on the oh, eastern okay. side of the state. Gotcha. Northeastern. Gotcha. You, know what is, you know what I think is funny, too, is if you watch anything about this, uh, mm-hmm. all the ones that I watched, they were showing pictures of Pittsburgh. 
Oh, is that really? <laughs> I was like, that's not even the same side of the state. Yeah, completely the wrong side. Um, so they moved because of the hurricane. Their old house got flooded out. They moved to this duplex in West Pittston. Um, the Smurls were a seemingly normal family. There was Jack, the dad, Janet, his wife. Um, their two children, Dawn and Heather. They were also living with Jack's parents, John and Mary, who moved into the duplex with them. And Jack described their family as, quote unquote, pillars of the community. Yes, they were um, they were involved in all kinds of stuff in the community, didn't they? Um, she was uh, like organized some kind of students against drunk drivers. And uh, he was a part of the Lions Club and, and the softball team and all that stuff. They were, you know, they were normal in the community type of family. Oh, yeah. I got wow. a whole I got a whole list here, Jay. Listen to this. So the whole family's involved in the Catholic church, the local church there. They get involved. You speak with you. As you do. Uh, Jack Jack worked for the Topps Bubblegum Factory and got a promotion not wow. long after they moved in. Uh, Janet got pregnant with twins. And, and hey, I mean, they're living in this house with all these people. Just think about how many people probably heard them fucking <laughs> when she got pregnant. She got pregnant in this house. Um. Dawn and Heather, the girls, they're doing great in school, despite the repeated disturbances by their parents loudly fucking and coming. Um, as Jay said, Jack was helping coach the girls' softball teams as they got older. Janet started the Mothers Against Drunk Driving chapter at the local high school. Mad. Um, Jack and Janet both were involved in the Lions Club. And, hey, don't forget the end result of Jack and Janet bumping ugly so regularly and loudly that the whole town could hear was those twins who were born and became family members, Shannon and Karen. Aww. So this family, I, I think of, that's a, I think that's a very old name too. I don't think anybody names anybody Karen anymore. No, not anymore. And I'll just point out that Karen in this case is C A R I N. Oh, so okay. not with a K. Yeah. Not with a K. <laughs> okay. So think about that art. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, obviously, like Jay said, nothing really appeared amiss for the Smurls, but things, insert record scratch sound effect, uh, were about to change. Now, Beefers, quick note on the timeline here. The events that I'm about to describe happened over a period of years. More than a decade, the Smurls lived in this house and experienced things, okay? And the same is true for the events that we just mentioned, like all of the good things that were happening to them. This all happened over a period of multiple years. So, okay, so that didn't, that wasn't just like one big bang between the two parents fucking, and then all of a sudden, boom, all these right, things. Right, everything happened all at once. No, <laughs> it's this is all spread out over a period of years. Gotcha. So just keep that in mind while you're listening, that as things progress, the Smurl children are also getting older. So it's not just like four little babies the whole time, okay? Mm -hmm. So the duplex in West Pittston was a bit of a fixer-upper, so the family went to work when they moved in, fixing it upper. Um, so that's when they started noticing some strange things happening. First things were kind of mundane, right? Tools went missing and then would reappear later or stains on the wall were seeping through fresh coats of paint. They paint over something and whatever they painted over, it reappears. Um, there were also some other things that happened like kitchen appliances and a TV caught on fire. Uh, there was music playing from a radio, even when these appliances were unplugged, uh, there was an awful stench that was all over the house. Uh, it would pop up and just dis dissipate a little bit later. It's a lot like visiting your place. Well, hold on. I'm going to make that joke in a minute. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's going to be important. It's going to come back. So okay. 
Just, <laughs> these are 1970s appliances too, right? They're not any newfangled appliances, so maybe they right, had no. maybe they had some issues. Yeah, yeah maybe. And we'll, we will discuss that, too. They seem to think that in the house. So uh, other things were happening, like pipes began leaking. <gasps> Dear God. Um, toilets began flushing themselves and electrical uh, items were failing. Um, so here's the joke that I wrote down. Maybe I lived with the Smurls briefly. <laughs> I don't remember it, but starting fires, flushing toilets, disabling electronic devices and making unbearable smells are kind of my hallmarks. Yeah, that's true. So, Beefers, let us know who made the joke better, me or Art. Wow. Uh, so, at first, the Smurls didn't really get concerned about these unusual events, right? It was easy to kind of write these off. They thought maybe there were plumbing or wiring issues with the house. In fact, um, they claimed to have the house, the whole house rewired three times while they lived there. My God. That's a lot. Um, you throw in all the replacement appliances, and this duplex was starting to seem a little bit like a money pit. Adding to the family stress... Jack's mother, Mary, also had a heart attack. So things eventually on the paranormal front got even scarier, though, according to the family. Things really started to ramp up the night their oldest daughter had her confirmation to the Catholic Church. So uh, this Big would have deal. Been, yeah, Dawn's confirmation and things started to ramp up. Um, so here's some of the stuff they started to experience. They started to hear knocking on the doors or walls, sometimes in a pattern of three uh, which some people consider to be evil spirits mocking the Holy Trinity, like, you know, God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about onion, celery, and bell pepper here. <laughs> um, Janet and Mary thought that they heard each other's voices, even though neither was speaking. Mary even had an experience where she thought she heard Jack and Janet having an extremely loud profane argument. Oh, I thought you were going to say sex session. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody knew they Damn were fucking man. very loudly. Everybody knew that was happening, but right. that was not a mystery. Um, but Janet or um, Mary thought she heard uh, Jack and Janet swearing at each other in a very loud argument. And Jack wasn't even at home at the time. Mm, maybe I live with the Smurls. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Um, they saw drawers in the house opening and closing themselves, slamming shut oh as if aggressively done so. Rocking chairs moved on their own. Um, the smells got worse and started to make the family sick. They also started seeing what looked like claw marks in the bathroom. They described like the bathtub in the bathroom looked like it had like a raccoon in it or something. There were so many claw marks all over it. Was it, was um, it green or pink? Because it's the 70s, right? So the, the bathrooms had to be. Um, that's actually a really funny question, Jay. And I'm pretty sure the answer is actually pink, if, okay. I, if I'm remembering right. The, the so photographs true. from the house are not like particularly great quality that I saw. Yeah. Um, but I do. And it might have just been in in the movie about it. But I don't know. I think it was pink. called Justin Link. So anyway, um, a light fixture fell from the ceiling and it Broke apart, cutting one of the children. Uh, the Smurl family dog, Simon, not Nick Simon, hey was repeatedly slammed into walls. And even human members of the family experienced being grabbed by an entity, lifted, or thrown around. One of the children was thrown down the stairs in the house. Janet was levitated six feet above her bed one night and slammed into the wall. And Jack reported being dragged out of the bed while trying to pray the rosary. Now, before long... Ghostly figures started to appear around the house, including above family members while they slept. In 1985, 
a ghoul that the family named Old Hag began appearing and walking through the walls in the house. Multiple family members claimed Old Hag and or some other demon, a succubus, sexually assaulted them, including both Jack and Janet. Jesus Christ. And Jack and Janet being sexually assaulted by this entity is shown in the made-for-TV movie about the incident. And the scene where the succubus rapes Jack is, by a wide margin, the most incredible scene in the movie and possibly one of the most incredible scenes in all of cinema. <laughs> now, why do you say that? I haven't seen it. So here's the, here's the story. Uh, Jack is watching a baseball game on TV. As you do. Janet goes upstairs to read the kids a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. Jack heads to the kitchen. He pops open a beer, a can of beer. He's sitting in his recliner drinking this beer. Then you can see the way the 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 frame the scene is shot. It starts at the top of the stairs. The camera's at the top of the stairs, uh-huh. and it's descending the stairs slowly. And Jack comes into frame, and just when he's like into the center of the frame, you can see uh what looks what appears to be a woman's arm touch the the railing of the stairs. So naturally, you just sort of assume this is Janet coming downstairs. Yeah. Well, then you can see you can only see this woman from the back. It's got hair that's sort of like Janet. She's wearing a nightgown. You think, oh boy, Janet. Time to make another baby. Janet is ready to loudly fuck again. <laughs> um, she needs another set of twins. Twins. But instead, uh, once you the woman comes down the stairs and approaches Jack, Jack doesn't even like notice it at first. But then the the woman like grabs him out of the chair and tosses him across the room. And he falls on the floor on his back. And then the woman jumps on top of him. And it's clearly not Janet. And this woman has like sharp pointy teeth and she's got this malevolent smile and he's like, what are you doing to me? Let me go. Let me go. (laughs) And she, and this was a made for TV movie. She lifts up the, the, the nightgown a little bit and is like adjusting her hand in there, clearly inserting his penis. Yeah. Um, and is that how it's done? Yeah, that's how it's done. (laughs) Um, and so she's doing this and then, you know, she, he's like, Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then let me go. And, then she just starts like humping him and okay. um, as she's humping him, the lighting changes. There's like, it becomes red in the room and there's like fog. Exactly. You watched this on what website? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was on ghost hub. And uh, Only ghosts. so while she's humping, she's like looking very crazy. And then her, her appearance keeps changing. It's from this, like, this like frail little woman to what looks like a large man in a blonde wig. Okay. Um, and it's like going back and forth between those two. And then it's over. Yeah, and, the, and she disappears. And Jack's like, oh, and he puts his hands, his head in his hands and stuff. In the in the research story, they say that um, she had a, the head of a succubus, but a body of a young lady. Wow! So she her, her body was firm, but her head was like an old hag with you know ragged teeth. And, oh, yeah. yeah. So that begs the que- question: Which way would you rather have? Would you have rather have the good looking head in the old body or the 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 firm young body in the old looking head? All old. <laughs> Gilf. Gilf. Yeah. Arts arts into grandmas. Yep. Grandmas and diapers. If you're a grandma and you can't control your bladder, hit art up. (laughs) (laughs) So that, I mean, listen, you know, not making light of that situation. That's a very serious situation, but um, there's a name for it. 
I'm sure the made for TV movie was very well acted and not uh, somewhat cheesy in any way, right? So yeah, exactly. It was um, a very straight ahead performance. It, so this is getting pretty serious. Yeah, things are serious. Um, so the family also around this time they reported hearing pig noises and seeing an apparition that looked like a pig. Okay. Oh, now I remember. <laughs> I did live in this house secretly. <laughs> All right. Case confirmed. This is well, we figured the, it out, Jay. That's the end of the episode. Yep. Um, case confirmed. Now here's Yeah. <laughs> no question. This was definitely me haunting the Smurls. Um, now here's another interesting point though. The paranormal activity wasn't necessarily just contained to this house on Chase Street in West Pittston. The Smurls next door neighbors, the Watson family, said they experienced scratching noises at their windows. Rooms suddenly becoming ice cold and other unexplained happenings. Then one night, the Watsons heard what they described as, quote, piercing and ragged, end quote, screaming and noises that sounded like, quote, some gigantic bird trapped in the house and trying desperately to get out, end quote. Now you have my attention. Giant birds. So this giant birds, this and art is pissed. I am pissed off. He's going to burn this house to the ground. So the Smurls even reported the demonic forces following them around when they left the duplex. Jeez. For example, when the family went on a camping trip, Janet said they heard banging noises on the top of the car and the camper started to shake. Um, so they're having all these strange things happen. Obviously, at some point they started to say, we need to figure this out. We need to like get to the bottom of what's going on here. So there was some investigation into the happenings in 1986. The Smurls answered the question, who are you going to call, by bringing in the famed paranormal husband and wife investigative team, Ed and Lorraine Warren. The Warrens were legends in the haunting and demonic possession space. Ed was a self-taught demonologist and Lorraine was a medium. And together, they tackled some of the most famous hauntings, like the Amityville haunting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the one from the famed Amityville horror franchise. Uh, more on that in a bit. Wink. Ed and Lorraine also founded the New England Society of Psychic Research, and their work also formed the basis for the Conjuring media franchise. That's right. This is what this is based on. This this spawned the Conjuring, right, which is yeah. a very popular horror franchise. Well, this is part of it, plus other stuff that the plus Warrens did. other stuff. Okay. Yeah, so they've, they've been involved in a lot so of- So it's mostly the Warrens. Yeah, they were active for uh, several decades investigating paranormal activity. And they ended up taking on some of the what became the most famous hauntings um, that probably are on record. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the so, Warren uh, uh, WCU, right? The Warren Collective Universe, where wow. the where yeah. the Conjuring comes from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This, this is yeah. Honestly, at this point, Jay, they do have their own like media universe connected to the work of the Warrens because that's pretty sick. Like dude. Amityville spawns so many different movies and books and stuff, and The Conjuring is becoming the same way. Um, you know, this the Smurls had a t had a TV movie. They covered another haunting um, somewhere else. I can't remember the in Connecticut. I think that ended up as a TV movie. So there's a lot of media. Uh, for we're the smir- due, for the we're work. due for like a new like we need we need like a show that's like about the Warrens, told really like well done, like X Files style, but yeah. it's like a little bit of Constantine mixed with a little bit of X Files starring the Warrens. I'm into it. Husband wife, hit me up. I'll write it. What do you <laughs> think, Jay? Would you watch a show like that? Oh yeah, why not? I mean, there we go. 
I got Jay as a viewer. Yeah, we're good. And also, I'm looking at Art's notes here. It also mentions that Ed's mother lives with them, and she's <laughs> really incontinent and has to wear a diaper all the time. I don't the know why that are would falling be part in place. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Listen, there's a couple of clauses in my work contract that I'm going to need to make sure are signed. Okay? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, so Ed and Lorraine Warren do a six month long. A highly publicized investigation into the happenings at the Smurl House. And after all this, Ed Warren uh, goes to the press and he tells the press um, that he gathered evidence evidence of the existence of a, quote, powerful, intangible, invisible force, end quote. The Warrens ultimately determined there were four entities in the duplex. A confused old woman, not Jack's mother, hey-oh, um, <laughs> A young and possibly violent girl, not one of the Smurl children. Hey, oh, um, a man who suffered in the home and died there. And finally, a demon, which was manipulating the other three entities to terrorize the family. Wow. So there's like a puppet master. Yeah. This demon is sort of pulling the strings for all of the Holy spirits shit, that dude. are in this house. But that's, there's a lot of entities. That's fucking I, cool. And I think the woman in the in the story or the little girl, which one, I, I don't know exactly. But I remember that they are they were thought to be victims of a of a murder of some sort. Yeah, there was some there's some suspicion which we'll kind of get into that there was a murder at the at this home um, where the Smurls lived. Somebody murdered someone's daughter? <laughs> George's <Yeah>. daughter? <laughs> Boy, the audience really loved that one. <laughs> yeah, the audience, the live audience. <laughs> Our live studio audience. Um, tuna. So... Anyway, uh, the Warrens believed that the demon and the other spirits could have been dormant for potentially decades before being uh, reactivated, so to speak, by the turbulent emotional energy of the Smurls' growing daughters, and later even by the adults who were trying to deal with the strange events that were happening. So Art's got a confused look on his face, so let me... Provide a little context. Sounds, it sounds a little creepy. Sounds it, like these are, these are creepy uncle kind of demons. It does have a creepy uncle kind of vibe. And in the movie, Ed Warren says this to the family, and it seems like it's like okay, that seems a little weird. That Ed's I mean, go figure. They're demons. Message. They're not. They're not good guys. Right. Right. These are bad dudes. But the point is that um, I think the point that they're trying to make here, the Warrens, is that um, the girls were getting into their teenage years, and so. You know, when you're a teenager, you sort of you're, yeah. the pendulum emotionally swings <laughs> a lot of different directions. Yeah, you're telling me all at once, and so they have kind of a turbulent emotional energy, and because of all the stress the family's under, and then these things are still happening, they're getting more and more stressed. Um, the Warrens sort of put it out there that like that's what's leading to this heightening is that the demon is feeding off of this turbulent energy, and the demon is forcing these other spirits to do things. In wow. Um, so Ed also made the claim that he had audio and videotapes of the events that occurred in the house, uh, which he said he provided to the local Catholic diocese for investigation. The they Warren, love investigating they stuff. They love They're so good at it. The church is so good at investigating stuff and they definitely did not push this under the rug <laughs> and move the demon to another parish. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely didn't move He's, the demon uh, to another house and let it doing keep doing what, what it was to doing. The underage kids? All right. Well, we'll just find them a different house. All right. We have a protocol for this. <laughs> um, so, so Ed said he turned over this evidence, the audio video evidence to the Catholic church, but to 
get to an exorcism, the Warrens even commissioned Father Robert McKenna of Our Lady of the Rosary Chapel in Monroe, Connecticut, to perform what ended up being three exorcisms. Holy shit. So yeah. just for a little context here, too, Our Lady of the Rosary is a relatively recent congregation, only founded in 1973. The church, uh, like McKenna himself, rejected the reforms of Vatican II, which the church's website describes as, quote unquote, disastrous. Oh, my God. So they're in Latin and stuff? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're like, this is like a very old school. Um, the website brags very much about traditional Catholic mass. Oh, yeah. I always thought that regular Catholic mass wasn't long enough. It needed to be longer. <laughs> you needed to go for more hours, and I needed to not understand any of it. Yeah, right. More singing, more Latin, you know, more, more, more shaking more hands. <laughs> Way more shaking hands. I want to shake hands with everybody. Yeah, you have wow. to. That's how it is. You have to shake hands <laughs> yeah. with everybody in the building. You know what? I can tell. Peace be with the two of you, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Reese's Pieces. Yeah, for sure. Um, so initially, the exorcisms McKenna performed didn't work. They only pissed off the demon, making it even more aggressive and violent. So the Warrens, um, the reason they turned to McKenna uh, is because the Smurls had no luck getting the local Scranton diocese, which the Scranton PA diocese was their local um, diocese. Um, the local diocese wouldn't agree to an exorcism. The Scranton diocese sent several priests to bless the home throughout the ordeal and even asked at one point a priest to move in with the Smurls. After two nights, the priest was recalled because there was no unusual activity observed. And also the, the, the priest kept eating all the mayonnaise and the cold cuts. And he kind of didn't really, you know, they, they approached him about it. But then he kept, you know, he just being like, well, listen, I'm a guest in your home. No, I'm an agent of God. You would agent. probably, you know, you should probably. And then the smells are kind of like, this is weird. I would love to contribute to the grocery <laughs> bill, but I took a vow of yeah, poverty, poverty and mm. And I don't really have anything. It's just, yeah, but you didn't have to make a club sandwich, Father. I would say this is more of a Dagwood. Well, <laughs> I used all the meats. All the yeah. <laughs> Usually a club is only two. <laughs> Biblically speaking. Jesus Christ. You think we can do a semantic argument with Father? Father Jones or whoever that is? <laughs> yeah, so that's why it didn't work out. Um, so, But after two nights... The priest got recalled because they didn't observe anything uh, unusual happening in the house. And throughout the diocese really seemed to steer the Smurls toward marriage and family counseling to help overcome this uh, rather than trying to get the demon out of the house. So following the media reports, um, people started to flock to West Pittston to gawk at the home. Ugh. As you do. Uh, as you do. <laughs> Uh, press outlets all over the world carried the story, really, um, bringing even greater attention to the family. Janet Smurl didn't exactly like the publicity, and she said the demon didn't like it either. He was shy. She didn't Aww. say that. I added that. Oh. Um, but she said it was making him angry. Um, but neither did the rest of the family. They didn't like the publicity because curious onlookers plagued the home, and someone even threw a brick through the Smurl's window at one point. Jesus. Yeah, when uh, they when they first went, yeah. they didn't go public. Well, they went public with it first. They were um, anonymous, right? They they didn't, mm -hmm. the first time that they told their story to get it out there, they were like behind a, a screen and nobody could see who they were and they changed their names until it got too bad when it went to the press again and they were like, look, I don't care if they know who we are, like we need help and this is the only way that we can get it out there so people knew about it. Yeah, they kind of end up in the press as, uh, you know, it, it seems like from the family perspective, it's more of a act of desperation. 
to get in the press, uh, desperate for help. Although, you know, as you'll see in the skeptics take, some people kind of question the motives of the Warrens in being so. Why's your eyebrow twitching so much when you're saying that? I'm raising my eyebrows at you, Art. <laughs> Grifter's gonna grift. <laughs> Wink. Grifter's gonna grift. Um. So. Things got so hairy at the house one night that Jack and John even sat on the front porch with with guns to keep the crowd at bay. Um, So eventually, the Smurls moved from the West Pittston duplex in mid-1987. That said, they continued to experience supernatural happenings in their new home, uh, which was back in Wilkes-Barre, until May of 1989, when Father McKenna's third and final exorcism seemed to finally stop the activity. Um, so that's the investigation. Uh, here's a little bit of like the aftermath of all of this. So uh, Professor Paul Kurtz of the State University of New York at Buffalo, uh, who was also at the time the chairman of the Committee for Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal, or PSYCOP, an organization we've mentioned a plethora of times on yes. this podcast. Um so Psychop offered to investigate the Smurl haunting because of the media attention and because of the Warren's involvement. Now, according to Paul Kurtz, who was the chairman of Psychop at the time, the Warrens weren't objective, independent, or impartial investigators. Oh, no um, way. I know. This is hard <laughs> to believe. Um, but Kurtz also said that the Smurls' claims were, quote, a hoax, a charade, a ghost story, end quote. Wow. Mm. Now, Kurtz... Kurtz wrote a report about the Psychop investigation uh, called A Haunting in West Pitson, not a ghost of a chance, that ran in the Skeptical Inquirer, home of Joe Nickel, our favorite skeptic. Yeah. So, interestingly. Can't wait to find out how this demon was actually just a bear with mange. <laughs> it's a bear. <laughs> if Skeptical Inquirer reports on it, it's always a bear with mange. Gotta be a bear. Um, so, interestingly, though, the Scranton Diocese seemed to agree with Kurtz's characterization of the Warrens. Uh, with St. Bonaventure University theology professor Father Alphonsus Trebold, who was working with the diocese to investigate the Smurls' claims, said the Warrens were not sincere and were pr- prone to sensationalizing. Uh, Father Trebold also said he attended one of the Warrens' lectures because uh, Ed and Lorraine, uh, when they got some fame um, for investigating the paranormal, they did a lot of lectures, uh, traveled around and instructed people about the paranormal and um, investigating. So... Um, Father Trebold said he went to one of their lectures and when Ed and Lorraine saw him in the crowd, um, he says they toned down the content in their lecture, whatever that means. Um, that said, Trebold also did believe that something happened to the Smurls. He just didn't go so far as to call it demonic. So back to the Psychop investigation, two teams of investigators went to the Smurl home, but when they got there, the Warrens wouldn't let them in to do any investigating. Um, the Smurl family did finally give one of the teams permission to actually perform an investigation and Psychop members uh, interviewed by phone the Smurl family, their neighbors in West Pittston, and reporters who were writing about the events at the home. Uh, and so as I teased already, Kurtz believed the hauntings were a hoax. Um, his reasons for believing this included um, conflicting reports that the team of investigators got from Dawn. Uh, the oldest of the Smurl children. Um, Jack's health was also an issue because Jack had brain surgery three years before the incidents to relieve water on the brain, which Kurtz believed could have contributed to delusions. 
Water on the brain? Water on the brain. Uh, so Jack told- What is that? You got water on the brain. Like, uh, like uh, what, are, what do you want to call it? Like some sort of a abscess or something? Oh. Like a pocket of water? Jeez, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah they got to drain that stuff off. Yeah, they actually have a procedure now that they keep the stent in so it drains off. But it, it, back in 72, they're obviously going to have to drill into your head <laughs> and relieve right. the water. But now they have yeah. now they have a procedure where it's just like a stent in like your neck where you just like a faucet. You turn it on and it drains. What the fuck? <laughs> I can't believe Art Art is like stunned by this, Jay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't never... even know it was a thing that you could get water lodged in your brain. Yeah. Well, it's like outside the brain. It's like there's a pocket of water and they have to drain it off. Holy shit. Yeah. It's, it's really um, uh, one of the things, too. I think it comes with like concussion. Like like if you get hit really hard in the head, sometimes it's, it has the same effect. Also, uh, injuries oh, wow. injuries to your spine can cause water on the, on your brain. So yeah, there's there's some different reasons why that they have to go in. Well, obviously modern medicine's different now than it was in seventy two or whatever. Yeah, and and basically what Jack told the newspaper is that he'd had surgery to remove water from his brain in nineteen eighty three because he was experiencing short term memory loss due to a case of meningitis in his youth, like in his twenties. Hmm. So, um, Kurtz believe that the family's claims could have been due to delusions, um, hallucinations or Jack's brain impairment um, and suggested that the family um, undergo a psychiatric and uh, psychological exams. Uh, the Smurls allegedly declined to take Kurtz's advice. Like they didn't think they needed help. They felt like this was all a demonic thing. So, um, Kurtz was in agreement with uh, an Allentown, Pennsylvania psychologist who reviewed the case uh, named Robert Gordon, who thought that the family possibly suffered from mass hysteria. Uh, and he compared the Smurl situation to the Salem witch trials. Gordon said shared tension might have caused this and common symptoms could involve delusions or hallucinations. Gordon commented that, quote, people often look at demonology to explain many tensions that they experience as individuals and within their families, end quote. So, in other words, he's saying this is an internal problem with the family that they've instead ascribed a demon to those issues. Yeah, because they said they said in some of the the, the files that uh, when the when the twins were born, uh, the the activity in the house kind of um, slowed down. Like maybe they were you know they were so busy with with the kids and doing that stuff that to that case in point that maybe they didn't have these uh, illusions or delusions or whatever at the time. Right. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. And. And kind of a similar vein of maybe ascribing something to uh, a really natural phenomenon, the smelly smells that were coming from the house were Ooh, possibly that smell. Oh, wow! <laughs> uh, wow, Jay who, with the who, pipes. Who is that? Leonard on the other end of the line. <laughs> Leonard Skinner. Um, so that smelly smell coming from the house could be explained by a cracked sewer pipe near the home. Neighbors in town complained to town officials for multiple years about bad smells coming from a sewer pipe near where the Smurls live. Shitter's full. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was living there, so <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, now, the whole area of West Pittston uh, was built 
as far as I understand it, over old what are now unused mine shafts. Yes. And so it's been reported that many homes in the area experienced intermittent settling due to these subterranean shafts being there. So a lot of the, this could, oh, sorry, a, lo- yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the towns around, well, in Pennsylvania, the big coal, they're big coal towns. You know, that's what started a lot of these little settlement towns that grew into actual cities was obviously coal mining. So that expl- yeah. that explains the, the, um, the mines underneath. And a lot of them weren't mapped at the time. They were just dug. Wow. So there's actually yeah. a city that's on fire in Pennsylvania. The whole mine shaft's on fire. And it's been since, um, what, the early 1900s? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, Centralia. Is, yeah. It's the basis yeah, of cent- um, Silent Hill, actually, too. The video oh, game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, that's such, that's such a thing that sounds like it would happen in, like, the Cleveland area, doesn't it? Like a t- uh, like a mine shaft that's on fire for a hundred years. Like that sounds like such a Cleveland thing to me, um, but it's Pennsylvania. Um, but so West Pittston's built over all these unused mine shafts now. And so it was sort of speculated that maybe some of the things like the rocking chair moving on its own or objects moving when they weren't expected to is due to the house settling because of the shifting ground underneath it. So um, one thing that Kurtz brought up is that uh, money could also have been a motivating factor for the Smurls because not long after the story makes national news, I mean, we've kind of teased this all along, um, a witness allegedly saw Jack Smurl negotiating with a Scranton businessman named Ralph Loma, who was head of the Star Group, which is a production company. Not Michael Scott. Not Michael Scott, not head of... Uh, I was wondering how long it'd take to make an office joke. <laughs> we made it very far without an office joke. <laughs> we were all thinking it. Um so he's talking to Ralph Loma, this guy from the Star Group, which is a production company. And Jack initially denied meeting with Ralph Loma, but then Ralph Loma confirmed that he was trying to get exclusive rights to the story about the case. So later that same year, uh, St. Martin's Press announced it signed a book contract with the Smurls. That book would eventually become The Haunted, which was written by Scranton newspaper reporter Robert Curran, Jack and Janet, and Ed and Lorraine Warren, all five. So... Uh, In 1991, the TV movie, the aforementioned TV movie, The Haunted, which was based on the book The Haunted, debuted. Jack and Janet Smurl and Ed and Lorraine Warren all received writing credits for the movie. So, interesting to note, the movie The Amityville Horror was released in 1979. And that was based on the 1977 book The Amityville Horror. The Warrens love naming the movie the same thing as the book. Um, Both... Uh, the Amityville horror movie and book were media and pop culture sensations during the time the Smurl family was move was living in West Pittston. So the house in the Amityville horror story was the scene of a multiple homicide. Um, if you're not familiar with this, the whole family got murdered by one of the kids. Um, and so the paranormal activity that supposedly occurred in Amityville has also since been claimed to be a hoax even by one of the alleged perpetrators uh who admitted to it being a hoax so yeah little i think uh, that little, yeah go ahead little Jay. fun fact here too the book the exorcist yeah. 71 yeah so the the, and, the the haunting in the smurl family starts in uh 72 or 74 something like that so pretty in, in yeah, the same timeline 
And you know what's interesting too, Jay? Apparently one of the uh, the priests in The Exorcist, um, the actor, was a Scranton native. So when all this stuff came up with the Smurls, when it hit the press, he like came and visited with them. Oh, wow. Wow. Like, toured the house, yeah. Because um, he was kind of a local guy. So, so this is all very much um, in the zeitgeist. Um, and I think that the... It seems to me like a lot of the... Uh, betting money now on Amityville is that the whole thing was kind of a hoax. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there, but I didn't look much deeper into the, into it than that. The but, haunting or the murder? Uh, the haunting, <laughs> the haunting. I do think that the murder actually okay. happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Smurls made the claim that a psychic told them getting back to, um, I forget who mentioned it earlier, but the Smurls claimed a psychic told them that their duplex in, in West Pittston much like the Amityville house had been the scene of a brutal murder. So the blog hauntingly Pennsylvania did some research on this and found that in fact, there was a terrible murder in West Pittston, oh no. but it happened a long time before they moved in. And it wasn't that close to where the Smurls lived. It was several blocks away. Oh, but there was a murder in town, a horrible murder. In <laughs> one. Town. So one murder <laughs> is all they found. One murder in town. So, interestingly, Ed Warren uh, seemingly had lots of video and audio evidence that probably refutes a lot of the criticisms I just mentioned, right? Like, that would take care of you of audio and video evidence, which right. Ed said he did. Uh, so, when he was asked to produce this evidence, Ed said he had given the tapes to a TV company, but he couldn't remember which one. Mm. Um, and, of course, as mentioned previously, Ed also said he had turned over this evidence to the Scranton Diocese. Uh, the nonprofit organization and blog, uh, Decoded Past, reached out to the Catholic Diocese of Scranton in like 1998. Uh, and the diocese told them that they had no videotape or audio tape evidence from the Warrens in their possession. Mm, wow. So um, so what's the friggin' deal here, bunk funkers? What was going on in PA, huh? I don't know for sure, but I do know this. Last night, I was sitting at home in my recliner watching the game. You know the one I mean. Anyway, I just popped the top on a frosty beer and was preparing to watch the insert local team name get a big win. Next thing I know, I'm getting lifted out of my seat and thrown across the room as my pants fall around my ankles. Suddenly, as if materializing out of thin air, something appeared above me and began to lower itself on my body. I later learned it was the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Welcome back. That was my research into the Smurl family haunting. Art and I are still here with Jay from Project Skeptic Podcast. Hey, <laughs> Hi, Jay. Um, Jay, you're a PA native. Um, you obviously had the inside info. You've already done some research on the Smurls. You want to give us any kind of blanket thoughts? What are your like overall impressions of this case? Yeah, so you got to think of it this way. Like, there's there's a lot of these cases, and uh, you know. Uh, the way I look at a lot of stuff is like, I'll listen to everybody's story and I won't criticize people on if they had an experience that they have got abducted by aliens or whatever. And uh, I'll listen to people's stories and I don't want to be, you know, opinionated on it, but uh, some stories just, uh, this one's strange because it's, it's, it's not like they went after money, like right away to be like, we made this whole story up and to, go after money right away. But cause it went over like, you know, it was like 14 years or something like this. This whole case drags on, uh, man, I don't, I'm not real sure. I mean, maybe sure as we um, discuss some more of it, we can kind of get there. But I mean, I've, I've listened and looked into this case multiple times and I maybe come up with a different uh, answer every time for it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I can understand that. Cause That's I, fair. I do question the timeline too. Because I've got like two separate things going on in my mind, right? Like I'm saying, if indeed there were events happening over the whole time that they lived in West Pittston, it's a very long time. And I get it that initially things were more intermittent and it was more minor things. So it's easier to kind of, if you live in that situation, you can kind of explain it away. And then it seems like in the middle part of the 80s is when stuff starts to really ramp up. and the whole story kind of accelerates really fast mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, in my opinion from like the mid eighties on, because they're seeing this you know, supposedly this increase in the demonic, the violent activity that's going on inside the house. They're seeing this increase in media interest in it. They're getting, you know, press for the story. Ed and Lorraine Warren are getting involved. And then it sort of all culminates with this book, this movie, they move away, everything stops. Nobody who moved into the house, the people that moved into the duplex after the Smurls have not experienced anything. Like nobody that's lived there since has reported anything as far as I can tell. Yeah. So, But they also had the experiences very, after they moved to the new house, which it's really hard to find any information on the new house that they moved to. Yeah. And, and the way that the movie sort of portrays this is that they move there and well, it kind of it kind of leaves it open ended. It's actually a pretty good ending to the movie. It's like um, I don't know. It's like a great value version of the end of uh, of <laughs> Franklin's Friday. signature. It's like a great value version of the ending of Friday the Thirteenth, which I think is one of the best endings to a movie I've ever seen. Um, so if you don't remember, it's like you go through the whole Friday the Thirteenth thing, right? Spoilers. <laughs> the, yeah, spoilers. If you haven't seen this like forty year old movie now, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, but at the end, it's like. I don't know. I watching that movie for the first time. I've only ever seen it once. It's his mom. Like I got the opinion like, oh, there's not like it's just his mom and she's cra- like there's not really anything like it's not as supernatural. And then like at the end, there's like this hand that shoots up out of the lake, this perfectly calm still lake. And I was like, oh, that's a really good ending. Like That was a yeah. powerful shot. And this is almost the same thing where it's like Janet is in the new house and 
Jack's. She's like, oh, this house is so perfect, Jack. And he's like, oh, I know. <laughs> he's like, Just but not every. He's like, but not everything. We may need to fix up that window over there. And she goes, why? What's wrong with it? And she turns around and look, and then Jack Jack grabs her ass and starts jacking off. <laughs> What the fuck? No, he believed you for a second. Oh, he doesn't start jacking off. Where the fuck did you watch this movie? I swear, it was on TV. Yeah. It was on Skinamax. The link's in the show notes. <laughs> I do encourage you to watch it. Um, So he pinches her butt, and then he walks out of the house. They broke he does stuff. pinch her butt. He does pinch her butt, and she goes, hee hee, and then he walks out, <laughs> and, and uh, he goes to bring more stuff in, and then she like, she like turns, and she's like, ah, oh, and she's like facing the camera, and she like, sighs this contented sigh and then you hear like one of the sound effects that they've been using for the demon through the whole thing and she like this look of fear like washes over her face and then the screen goes out but i think it would be really cool if the camera like got boom, like really tight on her face like and yeah. then it just goes to black but old school 70s i guess this is why i don't direct made for tv movies <laughs> that's the main that's reason. the main reason um but so yeah yeah they obviously had something happen at the new house, but then Father McKenna comes back and does an exorcism at the new house and seemingly everything goes away. In hauntings that we've covered before, it's tough to know. You know, I'm no demonologist. I did write a note about that. I want to get back God to the God damn, what a great fucking title. It's really easy yeah, to get, I would, though. You just go to correspondence school and there you're, now damn. you're a demonologist. Like really? I'm really tempted to just be able to tell people like I am an accredited demon. It probably costs you like two hundred bucks. Of... <laughs> it's worth it for <laughs> sure. It, it, it's kind of neat. I mean, it's scary, and I, but I think it's only scary because of the whole Catholic upbringing. But at the same time, it is kind of neat. I'm a lore freak. I want to know the lore of these demons. They all have like goofy, crazy names and like different little things that they're into and they do, and they're like. They act in different ways, and it's like, what, like, what are you doing here, dude? And he's like, oh, I'm not going to tell you my name. You have to guess <laughs> my name. This is the funny thing. If Art was a demonologist, people would be like, will you please just help me? He's like, no, I need to find more about the demon. I need more of his backstory. <laughs> just stay possessed for a little bit longer, please. <laughs> I don't know. I'm into it, but I, I, I've always gravitated towards that stuff, especially when it comes to like games or like even as a little kid. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see how they tie this in because I, I I have I I've read a couple things that this might be the basis of the Conjuring Four. Yeah, wow. yeah, but, I had heard that too, Jay. That that it's like the Conjuring is just going to keep pumping out movies. I think, and so yeah, yeah. it seems like the Warrens' work is going to be a, a focal point of that. But how are they going to tie in? Like it, Valak is the is the demon right in the in the Conjuring universe. So I don't know. I don't understand how like they're. I, I don't know. Just tying it in together. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Is yeah. Conjuring the one with Vera Farminga and uh, that yeah. handsome dude who's in a lot of rom coms? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and there's that the scary like priest or nun looking thing. Yeah, those are too spooky for me. I can't watch those. And that the movie about that doll Annabelle. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a Warren case too. But it's actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, the the doll in the movie is not doesn't look like the real probably doll. copyright things I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, but I um, I do have some issues with the uh, with the actual Smurl case, like with the scratches on like the porcelain. I've looked this up. Like, you know how hard it is to like scratch porcelain. Well, well you're a bath bathtub aficionado. Yeah, guy. I mean, yeah, I, you I love study, a good bath. You know, you love taking a bath. <laughs> Your favorite song is tub thumping. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
You are in the bath right now as we record yes, together. Actually, that's where I am. <laughs> and you and you refuse to turn off your camera. <laughs> but uh, so it's very hard to scratch porcelain. You're yeah, I mean, it's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, uh, I know it's not uh, it's not like a metal uh, knife or anything like that. You're talking into like diamonds and carbide and stuff like that to actually scratch it. So if the if the rumors wow. of the of the actual porcelain being scratched, I mean, that, that's that takes it into a different realm unless they were doing it themselves. With something like that. I I guess this demon must be into trading uh, stocks because he's got diamond hands. Diamond claws. <laughs> yeah. This, That's an upgrade. This demon, this demon has claws. so much uh, GameStop stock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. So that's yeah, kind of interesting. interesting. So, yeah, I wonder what they could have used. Maybe they, maybe it was cheap porcelain right. or something. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. that exists. I mean, you, yeah, you get hard. into some of the some of the things that the, the going goings on in the in the actual case, like the the light fixture on the the night of his daughter's confirmation swinging and hitting her. Um, I don't know if you guys ever like had an issue. I, I mean, even in, like light fixtures unscrew themselves all the time. Not all, not every yeah. day, but you know, you've lived in a house for fifteen years. You're probably going to have a light fixture problem. Shit breaks in houses, like constantly it's unbelievable and 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 like yeah people talk about like oh whatever money sink it's like yeah every house you ever buy will always be a money sink yeah they're money sinks <laughs> you you just have to constantly <laughs> spend money on them <laughs> and it's kind of it's funny that you bring that up jay because i did see a clip of uh ed and lorraine warren on like a talk show uh talking about this and lorraine was they were like very adamant that there's no way this light fixture could have come out of the out of the ceiling. They've got like it was what, like twenty bolted, kids? big bolts bolted into the what Lorraine said was the main beam. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that, kitchen. but you got like what? There's like forty kids in this house or something. How many fucking yeah. kids do they have? Well, they can't stop fucking. <laughs> I mean, Jack and Janet for constantly. Kids ruin houses. They run all up and down yep. them. They break. I've broke. I broke things when I was looking. Like you just. You just wear a house down over time. Yeah, there's a, a there's kid. a theory. Maybe one of the kids broke it and then kind of like put it back together. <laughs> there you go. It fell earlier, yeah. but it didn't fall completely off. And the kids were like, oh, shit, <laughs> we got to fix this. Been there, done that. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know. Mom and dad are fighting in this scenario. Fuck it. But didn't they fight too? Were no, they, like, they only fucked. Oh, okay. Great website. Um, <laughs> the fighting was a fake fight that... That Mary overheard oh. mm. from her side of the duplex, but didn't actually happen. So it was they were hearing the demon trick the neighbors. Right? Yeah, but that right. that too. I, I guess he was. They said that Jack wasn't home, but even if she heard it on another night and they she came over, uh, have you guys ever been like, yeah, I was just berating my wife and you came over? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I heard some loud noises. Everything. Shut the fuck up, mom! I'm yelling at my wife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mom, go back to your side of the duplex. I got to yell loudly at my fucking wife. My stupid ass fucking wife. Jesus Christ, Jack. Shut the fuck up, Mom. Water starts spurting out of his veins. <laughs> He's getting so angry. God damn it. One of you kids come out here and turn on my goddamn spigot. <laughs> Plug daddy up. Um, No, I get it. I mean, you know, whatever. Married couples fight. Um, and then, yeah, we don't know what the home life was like for these kids in this family. I mean, that's a very private thing, right? And so, um, yeah. who knows? Maybe, they may, or just, you know, in general, kids don't want to get in trouble. I'm not, they, I don't have to like go to the, 
you know, nth degree where it's like, oh, the home life was horrible. But it's like, yeah, maybe the kids knocked it loose or the kids were doing stuff and then they realized like, shit, I don't want to get in trouble. You know, kids do that all the time. So what we know is that Dawn, which was the oldest, if I'm not mistaken, gave some conflicting reports to the psychop investigators about what was happening in the house. Mm. Whereas you have at the other end of the age spectrum, Karen, the youngest, you know, one of the youngest because there's twins. Karen is now a part-time paranormal investigator and makes like somewhat media appearances. Hmm. Interesting. To talk about this case and is very adamant that what they experienced was real they didn't gain anything financially from this because her father never quit his job or anything. Yeah. It's not like they lived in luxury. Um, and uh, that that what they went through was a very real experience. And she doesn't want anyone else to go through that, which is why she got into paranormal investigating. So, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like that theory. Uh, like she says, she's the youngest. She 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 was there the whole time. Right. Her whole childhood, yeah. she was at that place. Yeah. Literally, she knew she was born after they moved into that yeah. duplex. But so I also she's like, you know, a young, like 10 years old, 11 years old or whatever. When they move 15 years old, I don't know. Yeah. Out, like a young person. Then when they move, I think they were born the same year I was in 84. So whenever they moved out, you know, they were still little. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't like super old by. Then. Yeah. But that that, that kind of so, leans to the, with the kids being young, like the the whole mass hysteria thing. Like, even if he was going through something, uh, uh, delusions or something like that, or you know, and they just kind of went along with it to keep the peace in the household. Well, and you know, children delusions like that are, can spread. Yeah, they're very impressionable too. So. If the only thing they've ever known is like delusions. Yeah. Oh, that's you, true. You kind of, I, I would assume that the way that your brain reacts to that is you just sort of go, that's reality. You ever teach a kid something the wrong way just on purpose? So funny. They just believe you. <laughs> yeah. Great. They'll just believe you for sure. They don't know. They don't know any difference. They can't check oh, you. Oh man. It's like, dude, I, I made it past where you're at. So now I'm going to sit here and make your life harder. <laughs> yeah. It's super fun. Um, no, I've been watching um, the TV show Legion, which is an amazing show. And that's about possession, right? No. Well, <laughs> oh. kind of. Yes and no. It's it's kind of like it's like uh, X-Men's, but it's in an alternative timeline of X-Men's. Because mm-hmm. anytime I hear Legion, I think like we are Legion, like right. which is that whole thing in the Bible where mm-hmm. Jesus exercised that demon and it went into a flock of pigs. Yeah, and then the pigs ran off a cliff, and I always think about that farmer. That farmer must have been like, "Wow, fuck! <laughs> My whole livelihood, Jesus, Jesus! My entire pig farm Jesus just, is just like, off the cliff." Rolls off with his posse, he's just like day save, took care of the demon, Christ. and then he just jumps on a big motorcycle <laughs> yeah. and drives away. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> license plate says Sono Christ, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, Legion. So. Yeah, it's a big part about Legion is delusions and conspiratorial thought and like what is reality and what isn't and stuff. And so um, an astral projection, a lot of stuff. But no, like it, you're talking about this this delusional thing that can spread. Yeah, I mean, if your parents had like weird delusions and were like very adamant about something and they taught you something as a little kid, you're going to be like, yeah, that's the right way to do because th- that's what my parents taught me. They taught me, you know, this is how you do things. 
trying to think of like a good example in real life, but like I can't really kind of pull from. Well, one, here's but, here's a good yeah. one. Um, oh, all right. The way that the children tie their shoes, not being delusional. Oh, I see what you're saying. But yeah. some uh, some kids do the two bunny ears and tie them together, and some of them loop it around and tie them. It's what were you, Jay? Were you? The, I was a two bunny ears kid. I was, uh, loop around. But then other kids were one loop and wrap around. Yeah, one loop. Andy has never learned how to tie shoes, so I I wear slip on. I was gonna say exclusively slip on shoes. I won't wear a pair of shoes that have. What were you? What were you actually? So there's a way to tie your shoes where you make two loops. What the fuck? What are you talking about with two buttons? Yeah, two loops. I don't. So you do an X, right? So you put a lace under a lace and tie, and then you would. um, I think you just make two loops and tie those together. I don't know. I've changed how I tie my shoes in my oh, adult life. I, I tie it. I tie like Jay, one loop and then you wrap around mm-hmm. and then make the other loop. See, I learned a new way to tie shoes that's far more optimal because I'm trying to optimize every- <laughs> This is the every... most fucking art thing anybody <laughs> could ever say. I learned a thing. new optimal <laughs> yep. way to tie my shoes. I researched the best way to tie your shoes. Jesus fucking Christ. I wish I had 10, 10% of the time you have on your hands. Holy fuck. I was researching how to tie my shoes. To optimize it. God damn. No. How much time do you spend tying your shoes that this is valuable? <laughs> Fucking hell. You know what it actually was? You remember the website Stumble Upon? Mm-hmm. It was like a thing in the early internet where it would just take you to random web pages. Oh, yeah. One of them yeah, took yeah. me to this page that was like all these crazy. There's so many ways to tie your shoes. There's so many ways to tie a necktie, too. Mm-hmm. That, too. And so, like, he showed this way of tying your shoes where it's like you make the X. And you tie them and then you kind of take both laces and you like flip one this way and you flip one like the opposite way. You kiss the two ends and pull them and it just makes a perfect knot. And it's like instant fucking It's like super fast. Does it work? Does it stay? Yes. It's a knot. Dope. The, yeah, there's uh, there's hundreds of different types of knots. I mean, just. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Look up how to optimize entire shoes, bunkfuckers. It'll save you 0.5 seconds, and over time, that will compound into maybe one extra day of your life. <laughs> it doesn't really compound; it just adds up. Whatever. You can't compound. I, I, it. I learn everything. Go, go, uh, go! Learn a fucking Excel sheet, you dork. <laughs> That'll save me time. Sorry, Jay, I said I learned everything off of TikTok lately. I don't know why. <laughs> I saw how to. What's the last thing you learned on I, TikTok? I found. I seen how to fry an egg in the microwave today. Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd do that. Is that What's, really worth it? I, I don't know. It was just Good oil egg. on a paper plate and crack an egg on top of it and put it in the microwave for a minute. There's there's so many weird TikTok hacks. There's this one I like that I see a lot where it's like this. I don't know who the fuck it is, but it's a cat. It's this person who has this cat who's like really docile and they dress the cat up in different ways. And so they'll watch little hacks which are like the stupidest, ha- like it's so dumb. Most of them are really fucking dumb. It's like, why would you ever need to do this? And then the cat, he like has the cat like try them. And then if it works, there's all these like funny little sound effects and stuff. It's cute. It's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But anyway, I don't watch TikTok. It, it's a, yeah, it's a drain know. on your life for sure. It really, it, I watch YouTube shorts, which is like the stupid version. Of, it's like, it's like, three month old TikToks that people upload to YouTube now that they're like trying to get money from both ends. And so I'll see stuff that's like not even relevant anymore, but I like it because it pulls more from like YouTube channels that I'm subscribed to already. So like, I'll get like 
video game stuff and stuff I'm actually interested in instead of like having to use the TikTok algorithm, which like wants me to like, oh, you watch this. What about this fucking? I'm like, I'm not interested yeah. in that at all. YouTube Shorts keeps uh, recommending me Norm McDonald jokes. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like Norm McDonald jokes. And I don't, I'm like losing the patience for like Norm's lo- really long setups that take forever. And I'm just like, it's it, like, to Jay's point it rots your brain like this TikTok stuff. Cause you're just like, no, 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 no. I need it instantly. Like I got to keep scrolling and like half hour will fly by and you're like, what the yep. fuck? Wow. <laughs> Damn. Uh, the last, uh, one of the, one of the more recent Norm McDonald jokes that it recommended to me was this one. <laughs> um, the results, the results are in, um, last year, um, United airlines, ranked first in customer satisfaction for all airlines. Um, do you know what, what ranked last in customer satisfaction? I know this one. I'm not going to, uh, I'll say, okay, I'll play the new jet blue airlines. No, nine 11. <laughs> I think it's nine 11 airlines. 9/11. I hate that one. Reminds me of that, that tragedy. tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> the tag on that is the best part. Yeah. Reminds me of that tragedy. It's just like, Christ. Uh, <laughs> well, the way I heard it was just 9-11. Oh, really? Which I think makes sense. That would be last in customer satisfaction. It's true. Nobody was satisfied that day. Um, Very few people, I'll say, were satisfied. I don't know. So this whole grifter argument, you know, I think back then it was probably a lot harder to grift on certain things. Like you think about the Warrens, it's kind of like they've committed their whole life to what they do. Whether you, if you believe them or if you think they're grifters, right? Let's just play. The internet makes grifting easier. Yeah. It makes it so much easier. You can, I mean, you can, You could just come up with some stupid idea for a podcast. Oh, you could do anything. That you could do for several years and you could have like <laughs> a Patreon and sell merch and stuff. Yeah. And then all these rubes will just buy <laughs> things and pay you and you do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. Oh, it's incredibly easy to grift and there's tons of them across... Every facet of media, there's there's news grifters, political grifters, paranormal and alien grifters. We talked about this when we've talked about the um, all the Dark Fleet stuff, which is fucking. I mean, it's fucking hilarious, but it's like I paid twenty dollars for a PowerPoint. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think what Dark Fleet and Sleeping Giants were two yeah. where where it was like very paranormal, but right. like grifting came up big time in the discussion. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah I think it's very easy to grift, but then. To your point, Art, like the Warrens, if they're grifting, like they're really committed to the bit because they founded this organization that still exists today that's run by their daughter and son-in-law. Their son-in-law is like the main guy of it now, Um, but they still do like they do lectures and they have a museum and blah, blah, blah. So it's very committed. But I think at some point you have to believe your sauce a little bit. Yeah, you have to be convincing. You have to be. A, you have to believe it a, a smooch. Yeah, but then like, there's also a part of it, you know, where you embellish because you're so you're so committed to what you do that you're like, well, you know, I got to sell the tickets. Yeah. Well, and whatever, also, right? there's always the possibility that people like Ed and Lorraine Warren start out very sincere, mm. sure, and they have a real objective of helping people. They got to feed the beast, and then. Maybe they accidentally stumble into something like Amityville, and this starts to make them 
like wealthy and famous and whatever. And it's like, oh, that feels great. And that's cool. Let's look for other good opportunities where. Right. Maybe we can turn this into something. Right. But it's like, hey, you see some like person who's like, oh, my kitchen gets disorganized all the time and I don't know why. And they're like, well, that's a fucking stupid story. We're not going to do that. But then <laughs> you make hear, a movie out of that. You're one. like, oh, I got raped by a ghost. And they're like, bingo. We're coming. Spectrophilia. By the way, I did say it had a name. Spectrophilia. Spectrophilia. Yeah. We have covered it on this show before, Jay. I've listened to so many. Yeah, I know. It's hard. It's easy to forget because you do not want to remember I, anything. I don't even remember stuff that goes on in my own show and people question me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Get ready for that to happen for the rest of your career. <laughs> <laughs> our our beloved bunk funkers in the Discord are always bringing up stuff about the show and I'm like, shit, I got to go listen to it. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, spoiler alert for all of you in the Discord. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, getting back to the <clears throat> Ed and Lorraine thing. I have a feeling that Lorraine, okay, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt with the the medium thing or the psychic aspect of her career and stuff like that, that she might have had, she might have been a little more open to experiences where I think Ed was the the business end of it. Ed was out there to make the money. Like you said, even maybe it was after Amityville or whatever, where he was like, wow, we could do this and we can sell books and we can do this. So he was like, he was in the marketing side where she was actually the one that right. had the, had the, the ability to see into another plane, I guess. They're not mutually exclusive, right? The ideas of being a do like doing the, like, I guess when we say grift, we kind of assume that it's a snake oil salesman. Who's like, I don't believe this stuff, but I know I can sell it. But it's like, I guess you're right. Like in, in some aspects, Jay, it's like, you can, um, you know, you can like kind of believe it, but then also be like, listen, I want to make like money doing it. Like, well, why wouldn't you want to do what you love? If this is what they love. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's one of those things where it's like, it, maybe it's a grift. Sure. But even, even if it is a grift, is it really all that harmful? You know, cause people, people enjoy it for the entertainment value. If the Smurl family's not in like real distress from, from what's happening. Um, but that's where it kind of divides like, it, right? Where right, if they exactly. are, then you're an asshole for not helping them. For sure. Like if you just, cause like we, you know, Jay, we talked about this on this show when we covered, um, Annalise Michelle, yeah. right. Which was an exorcism where it, it really felt to me like her parents were super negligent because they were so set on this being like a demonic possession rather than it being something where, they could have just gotten their daughter mental health care and that probably would have made her life better. Um, instead she ended up dying. So it's like, that's really like a hard line for me that you definitely shouldn't cross. Like if the Smurls are in on the grift, great. Everybody, everybody wins. Yep. Everybody. Congratulations. If they're being terrorized by something in their house or like un- having shared delusions and mass hysteria, it's like, that's probably not the greatest thing to like encourage that. And then be like, yeah. you could make a little bit of scratch off of this. Yeah. But I'm going to put yeah. my name on it on the book. Right. I'm going to get, I'm going to make more scratch than you because I'm more savvy. Cause I have all the I connections. Have, I have no I idea. I have it. no idea yeah. what the split out was and how much money Jack and Janet made off of any of the resultant media that came out of their haunting. Story. I don't think it's enough to retire. And, and that's why I think you have people be like, then, and then why you would can... you want to retire from the tops bubblegum company? <laughs> you're, 
You get to see all that. You get to chew all that delicious gum, all that super hard gum that's hard to chew. What is what is top bubble? Is that like? Uh, do they make those like that old school like yellow wrapper with the blue fringe? That's them. pink bubble gum. That's that. But it's also the card company. You know, tops baseball cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and trade. Trading cards, whatever collectible oh, that cards. That gum is awful. So that gum that comes in there, that like strip of gum that comes in the card pack. <laughs> I don't tops. remember that. You don't remember opening a? Uh, you're probably too young. I never did baseball cards. Jay, you remember this where you open a pack of baseball cards and there's like a piece of gum yeah, in there? Yeah, I remember that yeah, and the the Bazooka Joe gum that was kind of the same oh. with the comic on it. I remember Bazooka, Bazooka Joe, Joe was so much better than yeah, the, uh, Double Bubble. Were the they bazooka, hu- were they hubba bubba bazooka too? Joe Cherry? Now there's a good gum. <laughs> I like I like the little comics that the you comics would get with bazooka fun. Joe too. Yeah, were they hubba bubba too? Uh, I don't know. A hubba bubba is a good gum. That's a tasty gum. <laughs> anyways, um, anyways, well, why would you retire from that job? <laughs> Jay, I don't know if there's any other points you want to bring up or any any pieces that we haven't talked about. Talking points that. We haven't hit, but otherwise we can get on over to our verdicts. Yeah, just just one but, more point um, before yeah. we on sure. the back and forth before we go out is uh, like the stains yeah. and the stuff in the house and the the repairing of the house. Like water damage, obviously, is something that can't be painted over, and it'll continue to like soak through drywall or plaster or something like that. One hundred percent. And then you had like the, there was a grease stain on their freshly new put in floors and like they would scrub this grease stain and it would continue to come back. And I mean, it's just some of the little factors in the story kind of, it, that's why it always splits me either way sometimes. Yeah, I hear you on that. And, and this, this house too, I, I don't know if this makes a difference for anybody, but this house too is very old. Uh, this house was originally built in... What did I read? Like 1896? Wow. So this is like, oh, now it's over a century old. It was almost 100 years old when they were living there. My house is actually 100 yeah. years old. It was built in 1920. Wow. wow. Yeah, the house I grew up in was built in the 1800s. Wow. I built it. <laughs> you were there. I was there. <laughs> no, it's true. Old houses are really hard to upkeep, especially if you're not handy or... um you're kind of newer homeowners. This is your first, you know, go around. You haven't really learned the tricks of the trade yet. Um, seems like, you know, the Smurls were busy. Um, you know, they got a lot of kids. They got stuff to do. And then they're having these demon problems. So, but, you know, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, yeah, if you've got like a water leak, yeah. you know, if your paint starts peeling on your your ceiling, you know, and you're kind of like, well, what the fuck is causing this? It's like, well, it could be water damage, but it also could be that they someone didn't paint it the right way or it, they used crappy, shitty paint or there's a like that's the thing with houses is like there's usually one good way to fix it that people have learned because people have been living in houses for a long ass time. Yeah. But it's like the diagnosis for what to do sometimes can be like multiple different paths. Like if you have a leaky faucet it's like you can clean out the aerator or could be a problem with your pipes or it could be a problem with the heart with the you know the yeah. hardware that you picked to put on the fo- or the, the water pressure or it's like there's a million fucking things well, they even right? knew about that the, once they, you figure out what it is they, they knew about the the pipe outside then the, the sewage pipe right that that came forward like later on that even everybody in the neighborhood was complaining about the same septic smell in the in the neighborhood so that that kind of proved that out yeah, if you've ever been in a building with a like sewage smell in it, like from an actual like sewer pipe, it's horrible. Yeah, we did it here one time at uh, 
my house, the we cleaned out one of the tubs and um used some new thing. Like we didn't use like everything I've ever used to clean out a tub has always been that like Drano shit, which can be hit or miss, but it's like basically it's a chemical that just burns things inside your pipe until it clears it. This thing was like a weird it was like silly putty. It was weird. It was like you put it down into the drain and then you pull it back up and it like kind of oh, like blows up when you put it in there. <laughs> I know what like, you were talking about, but I don't think that's what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, it, no. It, it, it's like a silly, it's almost like a, it's not like a spider or like an auger that a plumber would use. It's like it, but it's like that. It's like silly putty though. Oh. It grabs the gunk and it pulls it out, but then like it unblocked this massive sewage just like, cause I think, you know, like how pipes work is there's like a water trap that stops the sewer smell from coming back up. It might have cleared that out as well. And just the whole house smelled like um, just like straight up sewage. And it was awful. Yeah. It's easy. To and see that's it. one little pipe, right? Yeah. Imagine a whole fucking. Well, I imagine the, the huge pipe that's right. carrying the sewage under the street. Right. Being cracked and leaking the aroma. And that shit can fuck with your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It'd be easy to get sick smelling that. That's why you're so fucked up. Yeah, I live stink. in that. Yeah, I fucking smell like a sewer. <laughs> I'm a fucking pig. You spend all day in that open face toilet. I you're spend all day in the open face toilet. I've got my ghostly piggish figure <laughs> wandering around, ambling, shambling about people's you shamble. places. Shamble. Well, um, it's a great point, Jay. Um, any other points you want to No, make? I'm good. If you guys want to roll into uh, verdicts. Oh, baby. We'll get to the verdicts now. Uh, Jay has been prepped officially yeah. with a copy of the patented bunker. Now I'm going to share it with everybody I know. Verdict. Oh no! <laughs> oh god! It's copyright protected by the highest of highest uh, sciences and different patents. <laughs> yeah. So, warning to any of Jay's friends: if you try and use that scale, we'll find you, and our attorneys will cease and desist your asses. Um. Art, you want to go ahead and give your verdict? Um, sure. You know, when I look at this, you know, I'm not super duper convinced by it. I do think that there's a lot of pretty plausible things. You know, I've always teetered on the edge. I've always dabbled in the belief in the whole, that whole weird sort of paranormal side of things. That isn't ghosts, but like is demons. If you tell me it's a demon or an angel, I'm like, okay, you have my interest. (laughs) Yeah, you're very into the religious aspect of it. I don't know. There's just something about it. I don't know if it is my upbringing or if it's just I just really like that stuff because it's neat. Um, Like I like Constantine and I like uh, I just I like demons and stuff. I think they're neato. Um, I have a T-shirt with Orcus on it. And then people think it's like a metal band T-shirt. And I'm like, no, it's actually the one of the demon lords of undeath. He's a big fat pig man. He's got goat goat feet. He's also got a badass wand. You can like summon skeletons and shit. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he's got wings. Uh, So, uh... yeah, big Paul McCartney fan. (laughs) Yeah. No, I like, I just, I don't know. I just think it's neat. I just think stuff like that's neat. It's neato. It's scary. It's spooky, but it's kind of neat. And, um, I don't know why. I don't know why it tickles my fancy, but you know, I just, I just, it's, I just think that there's different things here that kind of. I'm gonna go plausible minus and a half. Okay, I think. 
you know, I, I haven't watched a TV movie. You know, I haven't done as much research as you have. I'm just kind of listening to your word of mouth. So it's it's kind of that's where I'm I'm landing. Yeah. You're getting my full bias. On it. <laughs> right. Um, OK, plausible minus and a half. Yeah. For art mm-hmm. on what? Just in general that this is demonic possession. Right. OK. All right. Got it. Um, so, Jay, would you like to be in the hot seat? Or would you rather wait? And I'll go first. Uh, I can go. That's fine. Okay. All right. You're on the Okay. Hot so I have, yeah, I have issues with the story, but the issues are based around Ed and Lorraine Warren. So mm. if it wasn't for the involvement of them into the story, I'd have had, I'd have said case confirmed. That they, that it was, wow. uh, you know, they had a demonic possession. The church was involved, uh, you know, that that they were just, you know, possessed by a demon, and that these uh, other entities were in the in the house with them, and and causing all these problems. And it, it's a telltale demon possession story, you know, with the yeah. with the preteen uh, daughter and and everything that goes into one of those possession stories, or not possession, but demon stories. So right. with the involvement of them and your the 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 book and the made for TV movie, uh, I fall more plausible plus plus. So wow. so just wow. their okay. just their basic story. If it was told to you without interjection of all the stuff that I said was the problem with the story, the story would sound a lot more realistic to you. Inconvincing, Inconvincing yeah. yes. So if you had, you know, like, oh my goodness, for these years and all these, all this stuff was going on, and uh, we couldn't move because we were already financially strained from losing our house to begin with, and we were living in a duplex with a, you know, the the parent, the her parents on the opposite side, and they were they, they had all these issues, and maybe some of those are the real demons. maybe some of them were. <laughs> what was that? Those are the real demons. <laughs> Jack's Liv- parents living with the in-laws. Am I right, <laughs> Phyllis? Hell. But if you if you throw everything that's a normal everyday demon possession, right? No, you're right. You, you, I, I land. I landed. Too, plausible, the demon plus, is plus. is controlling other entities. I think that's so dope. Like that, this demon is playing puppet master with other spirits and stuff. I'm like, oh man, I want to learn more about this demon. Like, what's going on here? Are these its powers? I just always think of um, crazy. What is the movie with Matt Damon where he's like, "I'm a fucking demon." Dogma. Dogma? Yeah, that's. <laughs> oh yeah, Dogma. I haven't watched that for a long time. Kevin, uh, Kevin yeah. Smith. Yeah. Good movie. Um. All right. So we got Art at plausible minus and a half, and we got Jay at plausible plus plus. Buckle up, beefers. I'm about to deliver a classic Andy verdict here. Here we go. I'm going case closed on this Ooh, one. You know me. I say fuck ghosts, fuck demons. That shit's fake as hell. <laughs> I think probably what's going on here. Here's what makes the most sense to me. You know, you've got Jack Smurl, and he's had this issue with meningitis in his 20s, and he's just recently had surgery. He's dealing with some health problems, uh, potential for some kind of delusions um, that he's experiencing. He's also got um, the stress of their home gets fucking flooded by a hurricane. They have to move to basically the place that they could afford, which was this duplex in West Pittston. They have to move in with his parents. Um, They've got the stress of then Mary having a heart attack 
there's a lot of stress on this family. There is. Um, they're involved in a lot of stuff in their community. They have four kids. That's a very stressful environment to me. Just hearing about it is giving me anxiety. Yeah. I can really <laughs> understand how somebody who has um, maybe a predisposition to some type of delusion could get so stressed out. This whole family could be so stressed out that they all start experiencing this shared sense of delusion. They eventually get to a point where they have other people coming in and almost validating this for them. You know, right. It's like the, the Scranton diocese doesn't really validate them. And so they keep looking and they're looking and they're looking for help and they find the Warrens and the Warrens are validating to them. And Yes, this is what you're experiencing. Yes, absolutely. There's a demon here controlling three other ghosts that are haunting you and this is what's terrorizing you. I can understand how that would lead to like a ramp up in the delusion because suddenly they're not being told, no, you're wrong. That's not what's happening. They're being told, yes, you're right. That's exactly what's happening. Um, so to me, it seems like that's probably what's going on. Although I'll admit I could be open to criticism on this because why didn't that stuff continue at their new house then? Why did an exorcism work on the new house if this is all some shared delusion? Right. But at the same time, I don't know enough about all their health histories and stuff. By this point, the girls are getting older. They're probably starting to move out. Maybe things are becoming a little less chaotic. Maybe Jack's mother dies and he doesn't have to worry about her anymore. Maybe Jack's dad dies. He doesn't have to worry about them anymore. They're dead. The real demons. They're real <laughs> demons. They're dead. Um, I don't know. When all that stuff happens in relation to everything else, um, Jack, by the way, is now dead. Uh, died from diabetes. Hmm. 75 years old. Not very old. Interesting. Um, but that's my verdict on this. So Fair enough. That's a classic Andy that's verdict. That's a classic Jeez. Andy verdict. These Damn. are a collection of verdicts that I think will stand the test of time, uh, at least for 14 years until we move to In a to nice a wide house. range. Yeah. We got a we got two in the green and one in the red. Right. <laughs> um, so, of course, as usual, I'm the one who's taking a big fat dump on the topic. Gee, thanks. Um, and, yeah, and everybody else is doing a great job <laughs> being a good sport. Um but that's it. That's the that's the episode. Um, we would be remiss if we didn't take a moment right here, right now, to say thank you to Jay from Project Skeptic Podcast. Aww. Jay, um, Jay, uh, we love to do this with our guests for our listeners. Put on the blindfold. For, <laughs> put on the blindfold. <laughs> do you think this is a banana or something else? <laughs> <laughs> um. So we love to do this with our guests. Uh, for all of our beefers out there that are listening right now. Uh, what do you want to plug? Where can they find your stuff? This is your moment. Say anything you want. Anything? <laughs> yeah, anything. anything. Oh, no. So, yeah, you guys can find me, uh, Project Skeptic, over Apple, uh, Spotify, anywhere, really, that you can download a podcast. We're on it right now. Uh Facebook. We have a Facebook group. I know that's like the old man like thing, like, oh, they got a Facebook group. But no, we got a Facebook group where we share all our stuff in there. Project Skeptic on Facebook. Um, Instagram's Project Skeptic Podcast. And um, we also have uh, we have a website, projectskeptic.com. That has all the links to everything. You can actually listen to the show on the website, which is really cool. And um, yeah, everything there. We, we live stream on Twitch on Friday nights if you want to watch the show. Mm. so we live stream on twitch it's project skeptic on twitch you can watch us there friday night comment we usually answer some of the stuff and on uh on the live stream too so yeah that's where you can find us and uh give me shit about stuff which happens a good (laughs) bit so (laughs) but yeah you can and you can email me at project skeptic pod at gmail.com very cool any big upcoming things you want to plug um 
fun episodes or different. Yeah, events? we just did. Um, we just did a uh, bring your own topic episode this week. Wow. BYOB. And um, I did uh, Stockholm syndrome. Oh, and fun. the other guy, my other, my co-host, Ro- fun. Why did I say that was fun? It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why you said it was fun. <laughs> Jeez, you and Mister Bunker much? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I do have it. <laughs> my uh, my co-host brought. Um, there was a guy that lived in uh, England. He like uh, skated death. Like he fell out of a plane. He got hit by a car. He got hit by a bus. Just all these things through his lifetime. He just girded death like his whole entire life and then he won the lottery when he was like 73 years old whoa oh, damn that's a great story it's a great one yeah, so, oh, yeah so we uh we covered that uh just uh this week's episode actually is going to be that so if you guys are interested in that come check us out this week awesome wow. very cool so beefers go check out jay uh project skeptic podcast um and hey um let us know what you thought of the smurl family haunting um, we'll make sure Jay gets it. Um, but you can tweet at us, uh, DM us, uh, Instagram at Mr. Bunker pod. Use the hashtag. Mm. Uh, ooh, ghostly pig. <laughs> okay. Hashtag ghostly pig. Uh, let us know what you think about the Smurl haunting. Let me know how much you hate my verdict and how much you love Jay and arts verdicts. Um, also, you can email us, uh, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com, uh, if you feel so inclined and have the means to do so. Don't forget that you can always visit Patreon.com forward slash MrBunkerPod, where you get access to, for only $5 a month, you can get access to hundreds of thousands of hours of behind-the-scenes exclusive content, just me and Art in our bathrooms at home. That's where I am. Um, doing whatever we do. Yeah, that's where <laughs> Jay is, in our bathrooms at our homes, um, taking a bath, as he does. Um We've got uh, all kinds of stuff, and you get access to the Discord, which is a lot of fun. We so. started uh, live streams too. I've, I'm doing a playthrough of Cult of the Lamb for patrons only. Patrons and, only. And uh, it's been fun. You can come in and watch it and get a little cult follower named after you, or just watch me be bad at the game. <laughs> yeah, it's great fun for everybody. So if you're interested, think about it. Patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Andy's cultist made Nick's cultist try to eat. Did you see this clip? <laughs> yeah. You you wanted to prank Nick by mm-hmm. making him e- eat a bowl of poop. Right. And then when I cooked a bowl of poop, you ran up and ate the poop. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. And then you then I talked to you and I completed the quest and you were like, man, that was so funny. We totally got him. It was like, it's like real life. It was literally perfect. It's the real life. It was the best moment. We'll never top that moment ever again. <laughs> yeah, I do stuff like that. Unbelievable. So if you want to watch me eat poop, <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod, come join the live streams. Um, but that's it. That's our show. Um, a big thank you again to Jay from Project Skeptic. Thank you guys. Um, this was awesome. It was so good to have you on the show. Um, and um, yeah, thanks a lot for uh, being with us, Beefers. So, uh, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my glandular <laughs> co host, Art, I'm Andy saying that was the whole enchilada. <laughs> the conjuring, conjuring up some Scooby snacks.
Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today, and uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.